This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Jeremy Slate is the founder of the Create Your Own Life Podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world. And after this tremendous success in podcasting, he and his wife, Borel, founded Command Your Brand to help entrepreneurs get their message out by appearing as guests on podcasts. Jeremy Slate, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. I'm stoked to be back, man. It's, it's, it's been a little bit since you and I have connected, so I appreciate you having me back on. Episode 98 from March of 2019. This... To Please tell me you subscribe. looked that up and you didn't know that off the top of your head, by the way, because that would be I, incredible. I did look it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, because here's the, here's the deal, okay? This is episode 862. So I had this crazy lunatic idea on New Year's Day. I said, you know what? I created the podcast. I am going to create an episode every day in 2021. And then I go, "Uh uh-oh, that's 365 new episodes. So what I did is I reached out to a lot of agencies. I expanded from two interviews a week to five. So I went to record a couple, um, you know, solo episodes on the weekends. I haven't missed one yet. Actually, the streak technically started Christmas Day 2020. Mm -hmm. I won't do it in 2022. I don't think so. Well, that's to be determined. It's only uh, June 17th right now, so there's a lot to be taken. But I love the, I love the platform of podcasting. Obviously, you do too because you're a fellow podcaster. Yeah, it's been since November 20th of, of 2015 we've been doing this and had a lot of incredible conversations. And you know, I've been just very lucky to do what I do every day, man. It's, 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 it's fun to actually enjoy what you do for a living. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to I want to share something with the listener because there's some very stunning statistics to me. Now, these change, obviously, by every day and by week, but there's over two million podcasts in the Apple podcast directory. But Mm -hmm. here is the two that really, really makes me go, wow, over 68 percent have not updated in the last 90 days. And I heard 44 percent have three or fewer episodes. So if you have 862 episodes like me, I'm like a freak when it comes to podcasting. Well, I've eclipsed you by just a little bit. We had 886 come out yesterday. So I do got you by just a little bit, man. But we're, we're kind of like OGs here making this whole thing work. Original gangsters. Make, make a note. Hack Jeremy's podcast. Okay. Got that. <laughs> I'm a productivity guy, so I had to write that down so I don't forget it. So I got to get to 900. Well, I'm, no, seriously. Well, well, I'm actually going the opposite direction of you, too, because in July, like um, we're going down to one interview a week and one solo content piece a week, just because I've, I've found that with the business growing and with life growing and, and everything else, like I find I'm doing interviews like all the time. And to, to really just kind of keep up with the type of content I want to do, I'm just we're, we're just stepping it back a little bit and really focusing on one really awesome interview a week now. That's what I'm probably going to do in 2022. The reason why I'm not going to do it, I've already committed to my listeners that I'm going to do a new episode every day in mm-hmm. 2021. But what I've actually done is I'm like, okay, what am I going to do my solo episodes on? So I go live on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn every Wednesday at 3.30 in the afternoon. And if I think I do a good job, I take that and repurpose it. But mm-hmm. now what I'm doing is I'm going back to older episodes, like the double digits on my podcast re-listening to them, editing out the stuff that's outdated, obviously changing the intro and the outro because I've got a lot of great interviews. Like I think uh, I just did a couple days ago, Larry Wingen, he calls himself the pit bull of personal development. He was on my show back in 2019. 
incredible interview. So I just re-released it because no one's going to go back to listening episode 85, whatever it is, but now they have it in their feed now. So I think that's important too. Don't you agree? Well, that that's interesting as well, because that's something I've done and we call them create your own life classics where I'll go back and I'll grab some of my favorite episodes from like years ago, because you got to think about too, like you're getting new audience members every day. So they're going to be introduced to the new content. And the thing that the thing that I found, honestly, feedback I got from my audience is that even three episodes a week, which is what we've currently been doing, they miss a lot of episodes because just because there's so many. So they may be like, wait, you had that guest? I didn't know you had that guest. So that's kind of allowed us to to really, I don't want to say recycle content, but kind of make it relevant again, because a lot of it is, you know, evergreen content. I, I agree. Now, I started my podcast July 7, 2017. When did you start yours? Uh, the 20th of November in uh, 2015. Wow. So, yeah, we are OGs. And that was version 2.0, by the way. Version 1.0 started in May of that year. Um, and it was wow. it was trash, man. It was horrible. <laughs> but you know what? When, when people tell me my podcast was rubbish, uh, my live was rubbish, I'm, I would always say to them, you know how many people didn't even go live or start a podcast or write a blog? So the very act that you started it, I, I honor them because I, but it, it doesn't make it not painful to listen to. I'm just going to point that out. Like, like, you know what I mean? My, my wife's like, in my, in the original days, my wife's like, you got to stop saying awesome every other word. Cause it's like really rough, man. So like, it doesn't, you know, you definitely did it. You got it out there, but dude, like it doesn't mean it doesn't sound really bad. <laughs> As a podcaster, what is the worst tick you hear from your guests? Cause I have mine, you know, you know, you know, or, or here's the other one. I, we had a guest on too, and it's our most downloaded episode. They had 84 times. They said, you know, and I counted because it was so crazy and we had to cut them out to actually make it listenable. And it was our most downloaded episode. It was great, but 84 times, which is wild. The other thing too is, I don't know if you've experienced people like this. I think it's a California thing. They're people that drag out the syllables and stuff like that. So like, you can't tell when they're actually done and when you should talk. Oh. <laughs> well, mine is the dreaded, the lip snack. So you ask them a question, you say, Hey, what's your favorite color? Um, and so it sounds gross on a mic too, by the way. Cause it's like, like it just, the mic picks it up. It just doesn't sound good. Well, what I did, I had a guest, awesome guest like yours. And every time I asked them a question, they started out with the lip smack and it was every time. So I don't usually edit my podcast, but I, I love my audience so much. There's no way I'm going to let them hear every time the guest starts speaking. I mean, it would get so annoying. <laughs> I had a guest once that I believe they had dentures. And I don't know. There, there's that sound of like a very like, you, you know what I mean when you've heard it. It's this very like saliva-y sound. Oh, and yes. that can be hard to hear too, because it's just like, what's good? It, it, I don't know. Like it kind of something inside me kind of goes like, Ugh. so yeah, I, I get it. So why should people listening to this? Cause most of my audience is entrepreneurs and I love like you, the space of podcasting. And I've had so many guests on my show, which is incredible. You've had a lot of guests on your show. Why is going on a show as a guest so powerful Maybe even I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Maybe me yeah. even more powerful than building up social media or writing a blog. Well, because here's one thing: other than podcasting, how do you and I know each other? 
Very true. LinkedIn, we don't. That, I guess that's we true. don't. No, we got connected on LinkedIn because we did a podcast. Like so, true. it it's some of the best networking you will ever do. And that's aside from business and leads, which are the things people tend to put first. But actually, the networking and the connections and the people you meet are the more valuable things, right? Because like. I've spoken at live events all over the world from people I've met on podcasts and things like that. So the actual people you meet and get to hang out with as a guest is is pretty incredible. And you get some unique opportunities because you're just kind of hanging out and just talking to somebody. And I think we, they're just, they're, there's not a forum for people to have access to each other like that other than podcasting, right? Because if you're on the radio, it's a couple minutes, there's a producer, they try and get you through it. They need to get it off because they have another commercial spot that's coming on. A lot of this stuff is long form. You know, most podcasts are a minimum of like 30 minutes. Or if you're Joe Rogan, you know, you don't know the length. (laughs) It could go for hours. Like I'm a huge Adam Curry fan and he had Adam Curry on not too long ago and it was like four and a half hours and I could not get through the whole episode. It was just too much. But, you know, there's so much long form content, which just is not available in any other platform that will be on podcasting. So I think that's two really unique perspectives is the long form content, but also the relationship building. It's just, it's incredible what you can do by being in front of the right person. It's funny. You mentioned about the long form content because I had a guest about a year ago and I say, you know, I schedule an hour, but it averages around 30 minutes. My longest is an hour and a half. And they go, well, I don't want to go that long. And I'm like, well, that's fascinating. Can you tell me why? Well, who's going to listen to a long podcast? And I said, how do you think I get through a four-hour Joe Rogan podcast? There's this invention called a pause button. And when you're done listening, you hit the really? pause button. And oh then you gosh. come back, you hit play. And they didn't understand it. I said, I don't worry about the length. I worry about the quality of the content Correct. we're putting out because of the pause button. You got Facebook? Well, I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. And I have a Facebook group, both under the name of Mr productivity. So if you are into Facebook, if you love Facebook, go look me up on Facebook. Just look for Mr. Productivity. No, a hundred percent. I listened to, and I've listened to him for an awful long time now. I want to say I was introduced in like 2009, but the very first podcast I became a fan of is a show called The No Agenda Show. Um, it's Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, and they, they sit and make fun of the news for two to four hours on a clip twice a week. And it's great because it makes the world just seem a whole lot less threatening. And I've listened to the show and it's two to four hours at a clip every Thursday and Sunday. And I've listened for years and it may take me a couple days to get through an episode. Or sometimes if it's a a day where I'm doing a lot of listening, I get through it fast and I'm like, man, where's the next one? So I, I think that's something to consider is people's listening habits is a lot of times podcasts become a part of their life meaning it could be in the gym, it could be background noise while they're working, it could be in a lot of different places. I know when I get on a project, I don't know about you, like a day-long project, I'll binge on a whole bunch of podcasts. I listen to podcasts while I mow the lawn. So like, you want to think people need more time than just a little bit to, to, to spend with you. And if you're giving them that, you're giving an opportunity to kind of, you know, build a, build a Mark habit, man. They can, they can be addicted to Mark instead of addicted to love. Uh, 1980s song, Robert Palmer, might as well face it. You're addicted to love. I remember that song. So let's talk about preparation because I started out when I started my podcast, I didn't know what I was doing. So I had it really structured. I had the questions. And then one day I had a pretty big guest on my show and I didn't prepare. And it was the best interview I ever did. And so I said, 
No more scripted questions. I don't even prepare the episodes. I just turn the microphone and go. And and people said, man, your ep- your episodes are killer now. And they asked me what my secret is. And what I tell them, it's being a good listener because I come up with a starter question and then it should feed like a conversation that we're having at Starbucks or something like that. What yeah. do you think about that? So first of all, I can't handle when anybody says the word preparation anymore because I think of that line from Austin Powers where he says, preparations A through J were a complete failure, but preparation H feels good. Um, Anyway, um, in terms of preparation, I've been on both ends of that, right? I've been on the end where I did way too much and it doesn't really foster conversation because it's everything feels planned. So that's one end of it. I've been on the other end where I've done none. And it kind of, you, you put yourself in a little bit of a position where, you don't know what's going to happen. So I've had some really great interviews that way, and I've had some really bad interviews that way. So I've kind of come back to the middle on that, meaning I come up with five, four to five points, it depends on the episode, of what I really want to discuss in that interview. And I'll have like one to two prepared questions. I don't go crazy. But I want to have those because it at least gives me some structure to build off of. Because the things that really matter are the follow-up questions, the things I ask after I ask that first question. So that's where the good, you know, you mentioned being a good listener, that's where that matters. So that's where I've come back around on that. I've been on both extremes and I've found that in the middle is some really good area to be in. But one thing I like to do as well is, and I'm like I said, I'm not crazy about this, but I, I take a little bit of time, maybe 30 minutes, and I'll listen to an interview they've done with somebody else I respect, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's on the news, whatever it may be, because it does teach you a little bit about the person. Like, how do they communicate? Are their pauses long? Are they short? How do they answer questions? Things like that, because that is going to make sure that you're prepared enough. Like I said, you don't need to go crazy, but you listen to one interview they've done, not even the whole interview, maybe 15 minutes of it or, or 10 minutes of it, just to understand how that person is and how they communicate. So that's one part of it. And the other part is like four to five points just so you have some structure, but then you can kind of just go at it. But that at least, it, it's like a it's like a UFC match, man. It wouldn't really work out if you didn't have the cage there. So you kind of you're setting yourself up a little bit of structure, but you're not going crazy because the other end of it feels like an interrogation. The other person's like, they feel like the lights on their face, and they're like, "Where were you on the night of?" They're like, <laughs> so it's it, it's kind of a, a happy medium, I guess, in a way. My secret is vetting my guests. Now, I didn't vet you this time because you're already a, a or your podcasts are expert, and you were already on my show once. But sure. if I don't know the person, I do a pre-interview call and. Do you do like one of those like background check things where you like do their police report and stuff? No, I do not. No, I'm not that extreme. <laughs> but I make sure we have conversations. What really shocks him is I don't talk about what they want to talk about. We just talk about the weather or sports or whatever. And they go, what's the point of this call? I said, I want to make sure you can have impromptu conversation because that's what my show's about. And yeah. so I find if I vent them correctly, I don't have the problem that you're talking about, but I was a guest on someone's show once. Cause you talked about structured question. This guy was crazy. He never listened to what I said. He was, he oh, was man. so into the questions and I he'd go question one, question two, question three. And, and I, I think I gave a profound answer to one, right? I mean, it was like something out of the box and he, and he goes, just ignored you and went to the next question, right? The next question. I'm like, sir, <laughs> dude, no follow-up questions at Isn't all. Isn't even that? Like people like don't acknowledge your response. Like they don't say, "Wow, Mark, thank you for that." They're just like, "Next question." Like, and I'm always, I'm always putting myself into the the ears of my listener and like, okay, what would they, if they were here right now listening to this conversation? What would they want to ask Jeremy? But if I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna go. This is the question I'm gonna go through. 
and the like, but I, I don't want to know that. Cause like one question I think people want to know is like, okay, Jeremy, you convinced me I need to be on a, a, a guest on a podcast, mm-hmm. but from university or college back in high school, I didn't like to give oral reports. I, I don't like talking in front of myself in a mirror. How can I overcome my fear? How can I get to the point where I can be a guest on a podcast and not suck? What would you say to them? Well, first of all, when you're talking about the, uh, and like I said, I'm weird. I have this like internal monologue in my head. Um, when you're talking about um, the scripted questions, I, I always, when, when somebody asks questions like that, do you remember Sesame Street? I always think of the count when I hear that. One, uh, 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 two, uh, 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 three, uh, uh, uh. Um, anyway, so um, in terms of... <laughs> this is why you're so awesome. <laughs> so in terms of that, well, there, there's... Because there's certain people that I just want to be honest with you, no matter what they do, they're not going to be somebody who wants to communicate in front of people. That's just how it is. So the first part is like a willingness to do it. Like, hey, I know that I want to communicate. I know that I want to do more. So I am willing to do so. Some people just aren't willing. Cool. Then podcasts or interviews and media just probably aren't for you. And that's fine. But I would say that the first thing, honestly, is just trying to have a lot more conversations in your personal life. Because I find that people that aren't, and I don't want to say aren't great conversationalists, but don't really work at it are people that are scared of that first and foremost. So if you can work in front of that, that's great. Another thing that I found interesting, and I don't know if you've seen this, is people just have this fear of being in front of people. And even though on a podcast, it's one person and you, they still have this fear. So as crazy as it is, it's getting in front of a group and just standing there and not saying anything and just having it and just being able to have all those people looking at you because it gets rid of kind of that, you know, uncertainty that's there. So that's one thing. The other thing is just doing a lot more interviews, man. Like the more interviews you do, the more you communicate, the more you get better at it. So there's no magic pill. There's no magic formula. It's being willing to do it, being okay with having the attention, but then also just having a lot more conversations, man. Like my first interview, I was freaking out. Like I just couldn't do it. And I was like, why does somebody want to? And I still remember the interviewer's name, Lori Slogan. She was an awesome person. And I was like, why do you want to interview me? What, what, what would I talk about? And we got on and talked and it was weird for me because people didn't want to interview me. I was a high school teacher. So you need to just be okay with it and do more and more and more and more. And maybe that means going on smaller podcasts so that kind of both of you are in the same place and that you feel, you both feel a little bit better about it. But it's, it's just kind of the number of times you do something, the better you feel about it. You were a high school teacher. I was a high school. I was a history teacher, by the way. I have my really? master's in early Roman Empire propaganda. Wow. I did not know. I learned something about Jeremy on the show today. I, 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 took, I took Latin for 12 years, oh. and I, I can translate Latin into English by looking at it. Wow. You know, I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was in high school, so I took Latin. I can say two things in Latin, and I, I don't know how to answer either one of them. One is quinemus tempestat sodiae, which means how was the weather today. Can't answer it. And I can say quid est. And I think that means what time is it? But other than that, I'm totally lost. <laughs> Do you remember the HBO commercials from when HBO first started, when they had the blonde girl twirling her hair and she goes, I don't eat meat because I'm a veterinarian. <laughs> anyway, I never saw that commercial. It was way back in the day. That was like early 90s stuff. Well, I could tell you 
I, I love being fascinated by history now because I don't have to take a report or, or take a test or anything. Yeah. And so when I went to my wife and I went to uh, Omaha Beach back in 2009, it meant different because I wanted to be mm-hmm. there. Now I'm a student of World War II. When I went to Gettysburg and walked in the battlefield, I, I knew I didn't have to do a report or take an exam. I was able to soak it all in. I love history. I mean, all kinds of history. I'm just utterly fascinated by it. Become a free Mark Struchowski insider today by going to mrproductivity.com. When you do, you will get my top five productivity tips absolutely free. The Mark Struchowski insider free at mrproductivity.com. I've always, I've always just been inquisitive. Like that was the reason I ended up in private school is, you know, we'd be talking about something. I'd be that kid teacher why is the sky blue like i asked all these like crazy questions because i was just really inquisitive kid eventually they had my parents are like all right so ritalin or private school what are you gonna do my parents are like uh private school so but it's it's i think you have to have a natural inquisitiveness to be really interested in that and i think sometimes also in school we don't foster that in people because there is a lot of that there but we kind of we kind of kill kids inquisitiveness and we're just no just memorize this okay but what does it mean and i think so often if you're just rote memorization and you're not understanding things and and you know learning how they work and things like that i think that's why you mentioned as an adult you enjoyed omaha beach well i'm sure you would have enjoyed it as a kid if you had a teacher that could work with that and communicate that well to you and and how it's relevant to you so anyway I, i guess i digress education is another kind of uh something i survived <laughs> Yeah, I I'm the same way. We live in 2021 now, which is awesome when people go, well, I don't know how to do something. I said, do you know how I learned podcasting? I went to this website called Google.com and I typed in, how do we start a podcast? Okay. How do you start Facebook ads? How do you write a blog post? I mean, the information's there and it's at your fingertips now that you don't have to like spend a lot of time learning it. So I don't want to hear people's excuses. I don't know how to start a podcast. I don't want to start a YouTube channel. All the information's out there and most of it is free. Now, if you want to go to an elite level, you go hire someone, Sure. but I don't want to hear excuses saying, I don't know how just go to Google and Google your question and you'll get plenty of answers. Well, that comes down to a simplicity as well. And you've probably met people like this. There's people that want to be effect of life and people that want to be cause of life, right? They complain about their situation. Well, XYZ did this to me or this happened to me or blah, blah, blah. It's it's literally just a viewpoint thing. When you take a look at it, you say, okay, what can I do about the current situation? Well, there's this thing called the internet. You know, thanks, Al Gore. It's magical. And uh, it allows us to kind of research things and learn how they work and, and different things like that. So you have to be willing to look at what's out there and be able to use it. But I think there's so many people that are like, they complain about their situation and why they're in it and why somebody did something to them or something happened to them. And when somebody communicates that way, that tells you an awful lot about why their life is the way it is. So a real quick uh, question for you here that came up during our conversation before we got off the tangent with the high school stuff. Yes. Do you refer to your audience as listeners or a listener? And the reason why I asked mm. this, because I prefer to miss singular because I don't know anybody who has podcast listening party. So what is true? I think it's just the force of habit that I say listeners, but I think you're correct because when you're talking to it's, I I feel like it is more effective when you're talking to one person. 
I just think I've gotten in the habit of of not doing that. I think I think it is better to talk to a singular person. I mean, it'd be nice to see that. I think it's weird like- when people talk about their audience by like a name, like. Hey, Productivity Nation, what is up out there? Like, I just think it's weird to, like, give them a name of a group because I, I, like, like, they may be like, I don't want to be in that group. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, I do think it's weird when people try to name their audiences. That's just weird to me. Well, I laugh when you said that because John Lee Dumas calls his uh, tribe Fire Nation. It, 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 it works for him. But I, I just think, to me, it's weird. And I don't know about you. When somebody, like, tries to give me a name, I instantly resist that. I'm like, no, I'm not that. Um, so, like, I don't know. I don't want to do that to people. So let's talk about one or two things that people can do, because I, I, I'm a fan of simplicity. Yeah. I want to give someone something they could do today. They say, OK, Jeremy, Mark. OK, I want to I, I want to put my finger or my toe in the water. What are a couple things they can do today to get that ball moving in the right direction so they eventually can get on the show? Well, here's the the, the one like life tip I'll give people. If somebody can't make something simple when they tell it to you, it means they don't understand it. People use complexity to to hide the fact that they don't know things. Yes, but I agree. in terms of what you can do, I would say first and foremost, it's just in your in your personal life, start having more conversations. That's vital. The other thing as well is taking a look at different ways you can tell your story. Right, I find too often people think, okay, I'm just going to repeat the same story each way I'm on. You have to be able to tell it through different lenses because different hosts want to see it different ways. So that's one and another thing. The other thing too is just the simplicity of making a spreadsheet for yourself and tracking all the different shows that you want to go on and how you're going to approach them. Because I find far too often people just kind of like blast out like these emails to all these different places and it's not really relevant and the person's name isn't on the email and things like that. So I think it's really important to do that. And get creative. I've had some awesome connections with people on different places, like Instagram direct messages. I've had a ton of success on Twitter, believe it or not. I don't. I think people forget about Twitter, but I talk to a lot of people on Twitter. So you look at different ways to get in touch with people. And remember, when you're reaching out, the information you provide them is how you can help their audience, not how they can help you. And I think far too often people are like, so I have this book and I want your audience to buy it. I actually had somebody say that to me in, in an email. And I was like, what? No, we're not doing this. So you want to think of what's in it for their audience and how you can add value to them. And like I said, I, I we could go over pitches and things like that. But honestly, if you make it real and make it matter and find the right way to communicate with that person and, hey, how can I offer some value to your audience? You're going to have a lot more success with it. Like I, we don't we don't need to get super complicated with it, you know? I agree. I do you know I had a guest on my show. No, he was not a guest on my show. He was a prospective <laughs> guest on my show. He actually reached out to me on LinkedIn. He says, "Hey, why don't you go buy my book, read it, and Ooh. have me on your show?" Oh, and I'm like, "Send me a free book." Oh, but and I'm like, you know, I'm- every author that has been on my show, about eighty percent of them send me their books, and I've read some incredible books I've never would have seen in my life. You don't tell a podcast host to go buy your book and have me on your show. That's not the good way to start the book. I, I never talked to the guy again. He got really mad at me. I said, uh, seriously, he got really mad. He didn't get it. The other thing I want to uh, encourage people to do, the tip I'll add here is do your research. So yes. my show is aimed at entrepreneurs. Well, first so, of all, don't call you the wrong first name. Like, hey, Joe, Bob. No, my name is Mark. Like yeah, that, exactly. that's so like a really bad thing to start out with, but continue. But say you want to be, you want to be a chef. Okay, well, if you want to come on my show and show me how you have become a chef by being productive or sacrifice, that's great. But I'm not a cooking show. 
I'm not a Bitcoin show. I'm not a real estate investment show. I'm not a financial planning show. So do your research. If your topic is productivity, I'm probably not going to pitch people who are organic farmers. Okay. It, there's not a match there. And I think a lot of people do exactly what you said. They're just blasting out these emails, throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping it sticks. Don't do that, please. So <laughs> you gave us a lot to think about today. I mean, it's like talking. I love talking to you, Jeremy, because it's like drinking from a fire hose. You guys gave us so much information. And don't forget, folks, you can go back and listen to this again and again. If you miss something that is allowed by law. So, Jeremy, where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Well, there's a movie from like 1984 by Weird Al Yankovic called UHF. And they have in it. You get to drink from the fire hose. And the kid shoots across the room. Um, but anyway, for anybody listening to this, if they want to connect with me, if they want to learn more about what we're doing, um, that's going to be over at commandyourbrand.com. Or if they're interested in the personal brand side of things, it's over at jeremyryanslate.com. Excellent. Well, Jeremy, I loved having you on episode 98. Loved having you on episode 862. Probably have you on episode 1100. I mean, why not? But uh, I wish you great success, continued success with your podcast and everything you're doing in life. Hey, thank you so much, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchewski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchewski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.